The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. And if you've been listening in sequence and real time uh, to me, Martin Saunders, and me, Rachel Gardner, then you will uh, have been listening for two years today. Today is yeah. the anniversary of our, our, our two years. Two, we launched two years ago in a blaze of glory. Were we in this room? Was the first we were. In this room? We've yeah. always been in this room, apart from that one we did in a hotel room. Oh, yes. With various chaperones. Yeah, that's right. And we did some in your lounge yes, as well. We did. Oh, we have been on the road. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, you are listening to the Youthscape podcast. Every week, uh, we meet another youth ministry guest. We shoot the breeze, we chew the fat, we yes. cut the cheese. We objectify each other's footwear. It's we do. It's been a good two years. We We've do. got older and wiser. We have got older, definitely. <laughs> Your clothes haven't changed. You're still wearing leopard print. I will always. Right now. I die. But we didn't think, when we started two years ago, we'd never, we, I don't think we thought we'd still be doing this. We didn't think. And I, do you know how many times the Youthscape podcast has been downloaded? Well, I think producer Rachel's been crunching the numbers, hasn't she? She has. And uh, we've now been downloaded 250,000 times. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's actually a number, that's like a proper that's number. A proper number, isn't it? It can't just be me on repeat I mean I could be doing a few of those you're probably 230,000 of those but still (laughs) still. that is extraordinary Martin it was your brainchild wasn't it actually oh I wouldn't say that yes is it is it what you hoped it would be? I mean, I'm really saying. I mean, he could now fire me because I'm basically saying, "Do you like me? And do you like the listeners?" Is, is this, this how is, you I hoped get, it would be? Listener, this is what happens to me every time before we start recording. She walks in and asks oh, me that. Do you like me still? Do you like Am I me? Your friends. It's very needy. Um, no, I think I think producer Rachel and I went off to get lunch one one lunchtime at Boots or something. Yes. You know, other uh, meal deal based lunches are available. <laughs> Chicken mats. and Yeah, and we walked into town, I think, and we talked, and we said we should do a podcast. And then uh, and then we came back. That is so you two, actually. Yeah. Right, producer Rachel, well, you'll just mention an idea and she'll have it done by like 5 pm that day. That's it right. It won't be good. It'll be barely a first draft. But she'll have done it. <laughs> what? She'll have done it God, in seven or eight hours. Yeah, yeah that absolutely. Is and uh, next week, lovely listeners. Oh, my goodness. Is. Our 100th episode. So today is, we've been doing this on the date for two years. Yes, that's right. Next week is our 100th episode. Podcast 100. Which is extraordinary. And we have a very special guest. Can we say say who it is? I don't know. Are we allowed to say who it is? Producer Rachel? She's shrugging. She's not going to speak. She's not sure. In the interview for, because we've already done it. Yes, obviously. In the interview for Podcast 100, Producer Rachel speaks because she's addressed by directly by this by guest. the guest and you do not not refuse As, have you edited guest. it out you scoundrel oh. so you still won't hear producer rachel's voice oh. um on podcast 100 Such there'll be a weird voice. moment where she's addressed directly by by the guest by the guest oh, well, anyway we'll leave that the one the guest hanging. is god that's the guest i don't think no, i don't no. think some of our our, <laughs> our listeners in other denominations will like I that agree with that no it's not god it's not god he is here all the time obviously next best thing now before we get on to today's interview, here's Lucy with some exciting news. We're really excited to tell you about the launch of the Youthscape LST Masters in Theology Research Scholarship. So we've been having conversations with our friends at London School of Theology for a little while now and just been discussing the need for more researchers and theologians who want to focus on youth ministry. And as an expression of their commitment to this vision of a renewed focus on youth ministry research, LST are funding a scholarship that starts this year. So we're looking for smart, curious people 
who care about the church's engagement with young people and have a 2-1 in theology already. LST will pay the fees for your masters and you'll get to work here in Butte Mills as part of the Centre for Research on a problem that has real practical and theological significance. This time round, we're looking for applications around a theological response to young people's engagement with social media platforms and smartphones. So that could be around self-identity, the use of avatars or multiple identities on social media platforms. Or you might focus on the phenomenon of fear of missing out. You might look at the role of the image in young people's worlds. Or you might look at how smartphones create new experiences of time and social rhythms in terms of work and rest and play. If you want to find out more, go to the research area of the Youthscape website. All the information is on there and you can get in touch if you have any questions. The deadline for applications is the 17th of May. So we have a great, great guest today. Yes. It is one of our over the pond. Oh, yes. Guests. Do you know that? Can you call him your friend? Is I, he actually a friend of yours? I think so. Your kind of like I think so. I don't know whether this gets edited out, but he did invite me to go and stay in his house in Ooh. like California. Oh. So um, I don't just see, just for the record, if you're listening to this and you hear it out of context, it's not it's not an invitation for you. It's an invitation for me. Okay. Oh, we'll or you, Rachel. We'll say, well, name it it's not for it. you, Rachel. Verse in scripture we it's, like to take for ourselves. Anything on any Christian literature. That's right. For, the, for I know the life, plans I have for you, saith the we, Lord. We're gonna get. We're gonna take that. Plans to give you a beach house in California. If you can't like skim some holidays off people, that's what I say. So tell us about our guest. His name is Chap. What a great name. Chap. It's short for Chapman, actually. His first first name name is Chapman. Chapman. Oh, that's great. Uh, Chap Chap Clark. And he is a bona fide American youth ministry legend. He's written some of the most uh, influential books, particularly a book that came out maybe 15 years ago called Hurt, mm. um, which in an American context was really groundbreaking in terms of understanding the epidemics of anxiety and, and mental health that we have seen in this country as well. So 15 years and ago, that is, that is sort of before the wave, isn't it? Yeah, it was like a pastoral theology for uh, young people in crisis. Um, and uh, and it's brilliant. It's a yeah. really brilliant book. It probably still stands up today. Mm. Um, and, uh, and he's written various other things, including his new book, Adoptive Church, mm. which uh, I'll talk to him about in a minute. Mm-hmm. By the, the you know the interview, um, but uh, but yeah he's he's a guy who um, has been kind of travelling over here. He's very popular in Ireland. He's come mm-hmm. and spoken in Ireland a number of times. Um, and uh, the great thing about him is he is a straight talking man. If he was British, is it, I, th- I think he is Californian. But if he was British, he'd uh, he'd, he'd be a Yorkshireman. Oh, I see. You know? Oh, great. So he says what he likes and he, he likes what he says. He tells it as it is. I and like he does. It. He does, absolutely. Yeah. And he does that. And he's had some criticism in the US. Yeah. Um, because he, he, you know, for example, one of the things which we might talk about a bit later on is his view on young leaders, mm-hmm. which is really different to the sort of very, we're, we have a very sort of progressive view on, on mm. empowering young leaders. And he says, wait, let's put the brakes on that for a moment. And he's got some interesting thoughts on it, which he'll share here. We might talk about that later on. But, uh, but this is, let's kick off with... Uh, my chat with uh, Chapman, Chapman Clark. It's the Youthscape podcast. <laughs> I'm very excited that today my guest on the Youthscape podcast is an old friend from across the water. Um, and uh, right over on the other side of the planet, I'm talking through the, the wonders of technology to Mr. Chap Clark. Hello, Chap. Hello, Martin. Good to talk to you. Where are you in, on God's good earth? 
I'm in a place called Newport Beach, California. I'm five minutes by bike to the beach, and uh, I am now a senior pastor, so I've gone to the dark side. That that sounds like a tough place to live. Is it very mainly grey and quite rainy there? I, I presume. No, oh, you are so funny. Actually, no, it's it's very sunny and it's absolutely beautiful almost every day. And yet, D and I come from Gig Harbor, Washington, which is a lot like, um, you know, in the UK, in England, and we we love the outdoors. We love the the trees and the water that's rough and wild. And yet here we are in Orange County of all places. And and you said uh, at the start there, you, um, you've you kind of moved into being a, a senior pastor of a church, but that's uh, a recent development, isn't it? So um, t- tell us just a little bit about what you did for the previous like three decades. I, I've been, a, uh, first of all, I worked for a parachurch organization, much like you, and um called Young Life for 15 years. And then I left that and ended up starting to teach in seminary, first at Denver Seminary, then Fuller for 21 years as a Fuller. Um, and as administrator and teacher and writer and thinker and still doing all through all that, just youth ministry, Kara Powell, Andy Root, Kenda, you know, all, Duffy Robbins, Yoda, all the great youth <laughs> heroes. And, uh, all those years was great, and the Lord kind of led me into trying to figure out how do we actually care for kids in the name of Christ, which led me more into ecclesiology, which led me more into speaking at churches a little more often than I used to. And I was helping out in this church. The senior pastor left once or twice a month, and I didn't apply for this job. And they came to me and Dean said, we think that would be a good fit. So we left after 26 years, and it's a big church. Seven million dollar budget, two hundred fifty employees. Wow! It's not. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. It's in that Orange County mix, hmm. um, and uh, but doggone it, they're wanting to know what it means to love Jesus and care for kids and other folks, and so that's what we're doing. That that's one of the most American expressions I've ever heard someone actually use. Do, did you just say doggone it? Yeah, that's one of our little expressions. Wow. There's other words that I've heard my UK friends use that I probably can't say on your podcast. You could probably say it on an American podcast and no one would mind. Uh, not, not now. <laughs> I just wouldn't be able to. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, so people might know you. You wrote a book which was very influential. Um, probably, well, I'm going to say 10 or more years ago now called Hurt. 2004, yeah. That's more than 10 years ago, isn't it? Yeah, wow. I did the research 15, more 17 years ago and started it. And just and, uh, people yeah, may be familiar then, with that. Uh, yeah, and then I did a second edition called Her 2.0 in 2011. I was contracted to do a 3.0 that would come out in this September, and I dropped it when I took this job. Huh. So that really was a sociological analysis primarily of North America that has implications, at least everybody's told me, almost everybody around the world because of the changes in technology, the common cultural reality of what I call abandonment, you know, and that adults seem to have not spent as much energy on walking with young people as they grow up, Mm. which is the essence of what Hurt was about. And that seems to me to be a kind of through line, a common thread through lots of your work, certainly the work that I'm familiar with, 
is that kind of relationship between young people and adults. And in, in Hurt, it was as you, you talked about abandonment a lot there and the sense of young people being let down um, by adults. And I think we see that in lots of um, cultures around the world, including the UK right now. My goodness, young people feel let down by adults. Um, but, but there's also a more positive side to it in your more recent uh, work. Um, so you've written, I think, I think you've written two books on this subject. Is that right? On, on um, uh, what you call adoptive ministry. Yeah, I've written uh, two on it and I did a, a five views um, book. Let's see, what was that called? 21st Century Youth Ministry came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, that's where I introduced the idea of adoptive as a, a way of thinking about the nature of the church being our primary starting point of youth ministry instead of mm-hmm. loving kids in the name of Christ as our mm-hmm. starting point. And that really is the difference and what's unique about that. And yeah, and then I wrote, wait, first, I shouldn't have written it first probably, but Adoptive Youth Ministry is a textbook that's still being used by several. Mm. Um, 23 people wrote different things. And I was kind of dabbling with this adoptive idea in, in order to give a prominent voice to the need to get kids connected to the body of Christ. So... The last book, Adoptive Church, is really my kind of salvo across all youth ministry around the world. Hmm. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I'm too old to care. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not trying to create a new name name of anything. I just want to get people's attention to say, if we're not figuring out how to help kids feel a part of the community of faith and really integrate there, kind of like growing young. Yeah. And I know that that's been read by a lot of UK people. Yes, that's right. I, I was part of it. I was one of the ones that helped make sure that they were academically sound. Um, but I don't think growing young helps you to figure out either the theology behind it or how you pull it off. Huh. And those are the two things that I try to do in adoptive church. So what, why um, why using the word adoption? Because that's quite a powerful and loaded word in itself. Um, it, it, you know, what, what are you getting at? Um, why that word? Uh, because first, I, I used to use assimilation. You probably know that from the book Starting yeah. Right. It's yeah. 20 years old. Um, until I had an African-American student in my one of my doctoral classes that just hammered me because she tried it in her church and just about got fired. Because huh. uh, <clears throat> she said we need to assimilate kids. Well, in our country, because of the history of slavery and what it's done with African-Americans, this is fitting. This is Martin Luther King birthday we're celebrating today in the U.S. Right. Um, as she said, we don't want to assimilate because assimilate means we have to become you in order to join you. Mm. That's a hugely important thing culturally and sociologically. Mm. When cultures change so dramatically and there's such a massive difference between a 12 to 25 year old and a 45 to 70 year old. Those are just two completely different worldviews and experiences. Well, then you say, yeah, we'll take you in. We'll assimilate you. But most churches where they fail with young people is they say, we love you. We want you to be part of us. Now keep your mouth shut (laughs) and like everything we do. Yes, yes. And I see that as a massive problem. Yeah. So assimilation is not the right word. 
So this doctoral class and I spent a couple of days trying to figure out what's a better way to think about it. And, and one person says, well, let's do something novel. Let's look at the scriptures. So we uh, went into the Bible and realized something that in the, when the early church was at its, was, was just at each other's throats between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile non-Jewish Christians was over this notion of what are the requirements of a disciple? Do I need to be Jewish in order to be Christian? And Paul uses a technical Greek term called adopted to sonship five times. Hmm. Three times in Romans, once in Galatians, once in Ephesians. It's a really prominent metaphor that he, that he gets from the theology of we move from being an orphan to being a child. John 1, 12, for all who received him to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So hmm. you're an imminent child of God. Uh, God still loves you as a child, but you do not receive the blessing and benefit of that until you actually receive and trust in Christ. That's John 1, 12. So this idea that you've been adopted into his family is a really significant theological word. And here's obviously, Martin, where, I've, where the problem lies for a lot of people. They think I'm advocating we should adopt kids into our community. And yeah. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we need to recognize that we are all adopted. We are all siblings in the household of God. And when we do, that takes on kind of a different way of seeing our life together. Mm. which is Paul's point. So New Testament theology is crucially important as we figure out what's the goal of youth ministry. Mm. The goal is for kids to realize and live into their adoption in Christ. Hmm. In communion. So, so it's sense that they, they're joining in with us who have already been adopted as, as fellow adoptees. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Great. And, and so, um, so there's this kind of, um, uh, this, this, way of thinking about young people in church because all around the world uh ministers want to see young people uh in their churches right they want to see uh young people joining their congregations as you said with the caveat that they must remain quiet at all times and agree with everything we do you know think we're awesome yeah. yeah, and and it's a problem that they don't give as well. But uh, apart from that, they want them to be part of the of the church. And uh, and yet, I think in the book you talk about um, this problem of the the thinking of young people as getting them in the pews as the church of tomorrow, and and that is a problem, isn't it? That that still, you know, I think a lot of ministers would still think of of young people as people you put in the uh, almost in the deep freeze of the church. And then they, um, they they sit there in silence, uh, frozen solid, until you can thaw them out in their 20s and they can become the next next generation of leaders. But you don't think of them like that, right? Well, and, and we really can't because uh, developmentally, you got two things that need to happen with every kid, actually three, but two especially for them. They need to both be nurtured while they're going through transition and they need to be empowered to explore their gifts especially in Christ. So, I mean, that's the two branches of youth ministry the last 30 years is some emphasize the nurturing side of our ministry and some emphasize the empowerment hmm. side of our ministry. And, for example, in, in Growing Young, they have a chapter on keychain leadership, which actually, as they were writing the book, I argued against that 
the way they described it because I thought it's almost like bifurcating our ministry to young people by sort of saying, hey, in these settings, we're going to nurture you. And in this setting, we're going to hand you keys and walk away. Mm. And I think that those two things need to be integrated. Mm. So therefore, of course, you don't put them in a deep freeze freeze because we they have gifts to contribute. Mm. We need every 60 year old needs a 16 year old disciple to help them to see what God's doing in the world. So I think it's a it's kind of a, a creative mix of nurture and empowerment at the same time. Mm. And therefore, the third piece is including them at the table, but not to the point where they can hurt us or themselves by giving them too much too soon. So it's this nurture empowerment while we include them mm. that really is the biblical mandate to anybody who feels on the outside. Do you, do you just, uh, I'm just intrigued by something you said then. Do, do you feel like that we idolize the idea of young leaders a bit too much oh, in, gosh, in youth yes. ministry? Yeah, and by the way, I hate to say it, especially in parts of the world that have rocketed past the U.S. in your commitment to empowering young people, which, by the way, I think is one of the my favorite things about friends from Asia uh, and, and parts of South America and U.K. and where there is youth ministry in Europe. Um, you know, you guys have done a great job of being far better than than people that I know in the U.S. in general at helping kids to be leaders and to change their world. Mm -hmm. That's a great thing. What I've seen from the beginning and when I wrote Hurt, you know, you know, Martin, better than most, that there are a lot of people in the U.K. that never liked my work mm -hmm. because they wanted to think that a 17-year-old can change the world. And, um, I do remember that debate definitely, and I do remember you being uh, other people taking the opposite position. But I, I, um, I, I remember uh, hearing you make a compelling case, which is why I've asked you this question again. Well, and and all I'm saying is that's absolutely true, but don't forget that because of this abandonment, because there's been so few adults that have really invested in kids over the years, that they do need some help and boundaries and. Not not pouring into them. That's a U.S. thing where we want to control their empowerment. I'm not advocating that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying we empower, but we empower while we nurture. So a kid does not in the, turn 22 when they've been a superstar at 17. I, I'm sure you got story after story of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, where they're 17 and they're awesome and they're 22 or 25 and they're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I'm saying is, let's not do that to our kids. Let's let's remind them that they are they've been given a family, children among other children, John one twelve, and that that's really the key. Not what they do in that family, but who they are in that family. Hmm. That's more what I'm working on the last couple of years. Now you you would tend to write these days towards. Uh, a, you're kind of aiming at churches. You're talking to churches, aren't you? So, so with this yeah. thinking around adoptive ministry, you're talking to churches, and and I I would guess I don't, I don't know how it's been for you whether people have how people have responded to the book, but I imagine for some, this is quite tough, and there'll be a resistance to this kind of approach. Of course, there is. Yeah, and by the way, welcome to my career, Mark. <laughs> in case you forgot. Um, I've always been this kind of outlier. Uh, I didn't come through the ranks of having my super, youth ministry superheroes. 
that kind of convinced me because they're so dang smart. I came through the ranks of uh, meeting Christ and having a both systemic and a sociological bent to my life and my brain as opposed to other people telling me this is how you do it. So, and then I, then I ended up being in this theological world. So all that said, yeah, there's pushback, mostly from people who want to say, they want to, everybody almost wants to cherry pick. Uh, do you guys know that phrase? Is that a UK phrase? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Okay, because it came out of my basketball hero. I was never very good, but I played. Cherry pick means, you know, you pick the low-hanging fruit and you just decide, I'm going to, I love growing young, so I'm going to give do keychain leadership. We're going to institute keychain leadership. Yay. But almost nobody thinks through why. Hmm. What am I actually trying to accomplish? And I, I think where I push people's buttons is I continue to go, why? Why? I'm like the little three-year-old. Why? <laughs> and uh, if you don't have a reason that fits both psychosocially, sociologically, and theologically, then we need to question it. And, um, you know, the thing is, is since I got, when you get out of the youth ministry game as a vocation, when I'm now a senior pastor, and I'm trying to help our whole church become an adoptive church, other people go, well, you're done, you're out of the game, you don't get it. I know you've you probably encountered that too with other people. Mm -hmm. So um, the only ones that have kind of come at me when I was first developing adoptive ministry was some of the most famous, and I won't necessarily name them, but they're famous in the UK, youth ministry theologians that hmm. you guys um, lift up highly, even more highly than we do in the US. Hmm. Uh, and, and one of them in particular said in, in a meeting where I kind of launched this idea at an academy, and he sat there, folded arms, and said, well, this is an ecclesial, I mean, uh, what did he say? Eschatological, no. He said some kind of big word. Um, ontological. That's ontological. It. I never know what ontological, that means. Ontological. You know who it is then. Ontolo that's an ontological reality. And I sat there and everything in me wanted to go, I don't know what church you go to, pal, but I'm telling you, I've been in hundreds of churches and it is not a reality where kids feel like siblings with old people. It's simply not. Hmm. But he, he, so I've gotten that side of a, you're making a big deal about something that simply doesn't exist. Well, I disagree with that. And then, then the UK guys, there was one guy, I don't remember who it was, that that did push back basically saying um, that, uh, that, it's, that it's something that is really not important. We just need to get kids to use their leadership skills. And if adults don't receive them, go ahead and move on. I, that's kind of what I've received. Hmm. Uh, and, and I think that there's almost a flippancy among many in youth ministry that young people don't need adults, don't need the historical church, don't need to be grounded in community other than their peers. And um, as long as people are debating the nature of church and where kids fit, I don't care if they agree with me. <laughs> I think you remember me enough that I'm, I'm not in this because I want somebody to think I'm, I'm terrific. I'm not. I'm just a guy. But that conversation about how young people fit into the body of Christ, I think that's a pretty important conversation. Yeah. 
that and and I do. By the way, I do think a terrific chap. I mean, you know, I think uh, I think Hurt Hurt was an funny guy. Hurt was an incredibly important uh, book. Uh, I mean, I th- I'd still encourage people to look at it now, but at the time, I think it was really really important stuff. And thank you. And and thank I think you, you uh, have always been at the at the at the edges pushing people a little bit and and anybody listening to this uh, interview who's never come across you before will will immediately know that you are a bit of a scrapper you're a bit of a uh, uh, you don't really care what people think of you and I, I love that um, but you do well our work's you, too important well it? exactly that's what I was going to say is you care too deeply about the actual young people yeah. and so what it's not about me or you it's about what happens with kids in the next twenty years and that's and so deal. and so what you really seem to care about is drilling down into what is this what is this actually like all this high thinking is fine write your books have your conferences but what does it actually look like practically with young people on a friday or a wednesday or a sunday wherever you actually meet them what does it actually look like um and i think that's that's brilliant so so with this then like as some can you give us some footholds can you give us some some thoughts as as youth ministers now listening to this what do you want okay. to say about this approach that's really like granular that like just gets us into the detail of like how? Okay, I love that. What, how is this? First is demonstrate, really look hard at what is your goal. Is your goal just to get kids to, to go after Christ, to be faithful? What does that mean for a 16-year-old anyway? But to be faithful, figure out your, if your goal is that they feel like the body of Christ is their home, their family theologically. That's first. Determine what your ultimate goal is and let that drive everything you do. That Secondly, is build a constituency of adults wherever you work and soften their hearts to be present for kids. Hmm. Um, get, get senior pastors, whatever label, depending on your tradition you're involved in, Get them to think about what does it mean to include kids in our church without just forcing them to be quiet, but to actually be part of the the community. Hmm. Um, so if those two things, one is you see your goal of youth ministry is ultimately finding their place in the body of Christ and then being servants of the kingdom. Hmm. And secondly, getting those in leadership in a church to have a soft heart and agree to figure out how to soften the hearts of other adults. I think you do those two things, you're gonna you're gonna be able to help your kids be much stronger disciples over the years. That's great. That's great. Thank you, chap. So the book, the new book is Adoptive Church. Uh, it is out now, uh, and I, I I thank you for 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 taking the time uh, over the uh, over the waves to 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 reacquaint yourself with this. This burnt-out old youth worker, I thank you. Well, it's so fun to reconnect with you, and I'm so grateful for all the work you've done and all your colleagues in the UK. And we're, I'm sure that this goes to other parts of Europe and, and maybe Australia, New Zealand. We're very big world. in Hungary. I'll just tell you that you, now, chap. We're huge seriously? In, Hungarian listenership has gone through the roof of this thing. That is incredible. I love that. All right, in Hungary... Don't make the mistakes we made in the U.S. <laughs> Don't make spiritual orphans. Get them connected to the body of Christ and get them honored in the body of Christ. Uh, and they will grow as strong followers of Jesus as the world goes on. So 
I'd love to see you again sometime. If you're ever in Newport Beach or Orange County, you come and stay with us. I mean that, honestly. Thanks, chap. And and the great thing about that is I recorded that, so we have witnesses. Deal. That's a deal, (laughs) my friend. Thanks, chap. All right. The Youthscape Podcast? So that's interesting, his view on young leaders. Yeah. Do you, do you think that we tend to be in this country a bit more pro-young leaders? Because we don't really have very many. And oh, so yeah. actually, we're not putting our young leaders in front of 250, 500 youth. We're putting them in front of 10. And so yeah. actually, we're not expecting the same level of kind of professionalism. Is that? There's a bit of that, I think. Also, um, when was the last time you saw a great resource for 16 to 18-year-olds? Well, quite a lot. I'm at Youthscape. So. Obviously, the Youthscape ones are brilliant. <laughs> but uh, apart from those, you, you know, I think we struggle to know what to do with older teenagers. I, I think okay. we much of our kind of resourcing and, uh, you know, the resources that various kind of providers create mm. and uh, a curriculum and all that stuff, it tends to be very good for 11 to, to 15 but once you get to 16, 17, 18, we're not really sure what to do. You know, mm. I, I run a youth group. We've been running Youth Alpha. I'll talk about that in a minute wow, if we've got time. Um, but, um, you know, with that, it's hard to know quite where to put the 17, 18 year olds. We've ended up making them junior leaders yeah. because they they're kind of their brains have developed a bit more and they respond to the material in a slightly different way. They're ready for a bigger conversation. Um, and it doesn't work well to have all the young people together. So, um, so I think part of the reason we jump to empowering young people to leadership is because we don't know what else to do with them. Mm-hmm. And so we've conflated that with the idea that the, the, obviously the thing to do when they're 15, 16, 17 mm-hmm. is give them leadership responsibilities. Now, some young people are absolutely ready for leadership responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Some young people at 18 are all over the place. And we might empower them to to lead mm. because of their age rather than their gifting or their calling. And so we'll have young people who are promoted to that kind of role of responsibility over other young people mm. without being ready. That's so interesting. So do we conflate responsibility and visibility? So yeah. I think there are times where I definitely have had young people lead stuff because I just want young people visible. Yeah. I just want to get rid of the adults off the platform and make sure that when young people walk in, they see themselves. I don't expect a great deal from them in terms of what's happening. I just want them to be there, which you can challenge me on, criticise to the cows come home. The other one is responsibility. Sometimes mm. we're saying, by giving you a job, we want you to take responsibility. And they, that can be great. That can be quite paternalistic as well, can't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, so I think yeah, that's really interesting. So our church does, every young person, when they get to a certain age, can join a team. And so they can be on the sound. And the most popular is sound and visuals. And the girls love that. The girls love the sound and visuals desk. So they're not up front. And they're actually running the show. Like this, this is not Mickey Mouse. They're really, they're really going for it. So we've had to sort of rethink what we mean by leadership and what, mm. what, what then is the mentoring that goes alongside it. But I love mm. that challenge. It's very provocative. Because there'll be yeah. some leaders listening to this going, no, you act, every young person's a leader. Yeah. You have to find a role for them. Others are going, well, I'd love my young people to lead. They're just not interested. I've seen other young people absolutely come to life yeah. because you've given them some responsibility to lead and they're young people who've been like passengers yeah. in, in, in what you're doing and suddenly they're like great I understand my role I understand yeah. what I do and this this brings it all to life for me and 
90% of people listening to this who are youth focused, who've grown up through church, probably have a story of somebody yeah. saying, you do that. They're like, no, I'm 14. They're like, no, you do that. So yeah. the, it, there is fruit, isn't there? Yeah. There's evidence. But but what he talks about is, is what Chaps talks about, is just not creating so much expectation right. of that Very young fine. leader that they're gonna that they're not gonna be able to live up to it. So actually they are still young people. They yes, are still and they're busy. Yeah, they're busy. Stressed. They're probably at the start of their journey with God, yeah. you would imagine. Uh, mm. you know, and actually you don't want to pile on the pressure. You want to give them opportunities mm. to to live out their faith for real. Absolutely. And leadership can be a great way of doing that. But not at the, the, mm. the cost of them kind of burning out age yeah. 17. And, and the chance to influence stuff, not just be a spokesport person in a space, but that actually their views influence the PCC, the church, leadership, the structures, all that. That's really empowering. Just yeah. being a puppet is not empowering, is it? You're judging me and I'm being a puppet. Yeah. I'm not changing anything. There's also a bit of a challenge, isn't there, with, um, with, with what, we, um, what young people aspire to. So when they see, you classically they see speakers and worship leaders on platforms, they go, oh, success for me in this group would be for me to reach the point where I'm standing on a stage speaking or I'm standing on a stage leading worship, playing guitar. And actually, that's not always what leadership looks like. And we don't want young people just to aspire to the empty platform, mm. you know, in every sense of empty. Mm. You know, we don't want them to aspire to being that kind of, that, that's what good leadership call. is. That's leadership is, is influence, isn't mm. it? And, and influence could be going into the kitchen, mm. talking to one young, you know, one yeah. other young person while you're washing up. Yeah, um, good. You know, leadership is foot washing. Yes. And do we, do we, do we empower our young leaders to wash feet? Or do we just empower them to stand on a on a stage next to us? Awesome. Tell us about Alpha. Alpha. Yes, I've been doing um, I, I've been doing Youth Alpha with my uh, group um, of uh, so we've had we've run three groups. Really interesting. So we run it with uh, some Year Five and Six young people. Um, quite a big group. This is pre. This is pre yeah. Youth Martin. What's yeah. happening? That's children's ministry. Well, <laughs> yeah. we run some stuff at, at my church, which is sort of transition. transition. Good. Um, and so my daughter's in that group. So that's there's a lot of there's a lot riding on it. Um, and uh, and so we've run it with them, and uh, and I think we found some of it's worked actually. Like we we I don't know if we're allowed to do this, we're probably sure, not. But we've edited the videos. You've edited the videos. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. <laughs> that shouldn't be on air. How do you yeah, edit the videos? You have to hack them. But we did that. So we've edited the videos <laughs> down <laughs> a bit. We didn't really, Nikki. Uh, and then uh, and then we've run it with a group of year seven and eights, and we found uh, for for them probably it works a bit better. Um, in fact, yeah, I'd, I'd say that it's worked really well for them. It's provoked lots of, of discussions. If you don't know Youth Alpha, it's it's uh, the Alpha course with some very kind of high high production value videos, and you stop every five or six minutes to ask a question, and you talk in small groups, and you explore the Christian faith through kind of a bunch of. It's up to you how many you do of them, um, but we, we'll probably end up doing about twelve sessions. Um, and and actually, the young people really enjoy seeing stuff on video because they're really comfortable with that. With mm. kind of the YouTube yeah. generation, they're yeah, very familiar with it? with that. It's very well produced. Um, and then we've run it with our older older group as well. So we've got a big group of year nine through to thirteen who are, who are doing it. And it's just interesting. I think you know, there's I've got lots of reflections on it. I think there's some really good um, uh, stuff about it. I think Alpha continues to be a really healthy way of structuring kind of an introduction to the Christian faith. A lot of my young people are churched, so mm. they've got some of the, the grounding. I'm not sure how well it would work, Youth Alpha, for, mm. for people who've got absolutely mm. no understanding of the Christian faith. Um, but, uh, but it certainly worked for those young people. Um, what's happened, unfortunately, in the last week is disaster, social disaster. 
So um, I know Ben Woodman, who's one of the guys producing yeah, the it. The tall, dark The, the guy. tall one. The, the one who, as one of my young people put it, a much better looking version of you, Martin. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was nice, wasn't it? For the DVD. And, uh, and so the one who looks like a better looking version of me and I are friends. Yeah. Um, although I never stand too close to him. <laughs> and uh, That's right. And, uh, and, and so he, uh, he got in touch with me. He said, when, when I told him we were doing Alpha, he yeah. said, hey, me and uh, Jason, the other guy, would love to send you a little video encouragement to your guys that you could play out. A Just sort of a, the, a video, that actually. Yeah, yeah. He's done that a few times. Like a video shout out oh, for us. I thought, oh then. gosh, that's very kind of you. Uh, and so because I'm such a nice person, knowing that, what we did was we then, myself and the children's worker, Charles, we shot a whole parody alpha video with me and Charles it's as a, a sense of humor class as Ben and Jason there may be and I, I it's a it's a it's an interesting oh, it's an interesting no we're not going to be putting it on YouTube <laughs> so it's an interesting challenge to the integrity because we obviously made we made a bit of fun of them really you know and it was all in a good cause you know we want all, young all people good banter. we want young people to meet Jesus and so we thought we'd spoof slightly some of the, the sort of more American, Canadian rather. It's always great backdrops, isn't it? So you find yeah, some yeah, dodgy yeah. backdrops. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, so we, 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 spoofed it, we spoofed it a little bit. And it was in, I think, good-natured uh, thing. Anyway, um, so what the, the idea was we played out the spoof alpha video. And then when we went to the questions, the Vox Pops, where you do the, uh, the Q&A, it cut to real Ben and Jason. Oh. Doing their shout out oh, to, to 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 our youth topic. group, so they, they they the young people absolutely loved it, and we thought we'd done something brilliant. And then one of my young people got in touch on Instagram with Ben Woodman to tell him how hilarious it was <laughs> that her youth leaders had shot a spoof video of him. I think Ben would love and that, and he said, "I'd love to see that." I bet he did. So now we are furiously editing the uh, the video to make it fit for for their consumption. Not really. I, so it wasn't bad at all. There were no unkind jokes in it. There was no. It was fine. No, 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 no. It's fine. Love it. No, I think they would love that. I'm sure they would. I think we're a little bit sheepish about the fact that often we have to take a resource and contextualise it for young people. But that, yes. that's the beauty of being a leader and listening to our groups is that actually God gives us insight into what's going on, and, and it's okay. I think. I think sometimes we, we, we set in a kind of oh no, well they mind, but I, I think surely for a resource to really come to life. That, that triangle of leaders who understand the, the pastoral concerns of young people, a great resource, the spirit, which is probably the most important. But somehow in that mix, it's really powerful. So yeah. I think you, we have to do that. That's it. And spoof videos, that's the fourth. Just make your own spoof videos. So we'll end with some shout yes. outs for our American oh, friends. Yes, on, so, our, on our two year anniversary. On our two year it's anniversary. It's still that podcast, isn't it? <laughs> on our two year anniversary. <laughs> Um, oh, right. yeah. This has been quite a long <laughs> it's one. Quite a long one. Heavens, this has gone. Producer Rachel was like, "Keep it short, you guys." This needs to be a short, short one. Out. She said, "Those are only words as yes. we started recording this." <laughs> so we're going to say hello to Chapman Clark. We're going to say hello to Ben Woodman and Jason Ballard, who yes. are not American. Just to be very They're clear, Canadian, yes. North American friends. Yes, yeah. Um, they are Canadian. Yes. And then, have you got any American friends? <laughs> my mind. Christy Wimber, gone. she's your friend. Actually, Christy Wimber is my friend, and she would call herself my friend. Thank Aww, you, Christy. I love you. Nice, um, and then, of course, Kenda Greasy Jean. Oh, Kenda. Princeton and oh, Len Kegler, who is still the most hilarious man on social media, I think, in my view. Um, Sarah Yardley. Sarah, oh, Sarah Yardley, who's based at Creation Fest down in uh, and uh, and Sarah Figuera. Yep, Sarah, Sarah Figuera, one who, of our listeners. Who is a listener, I think, well, was a listener at one stage. I have no oh, idea she's whether she's still listening. Oh, she may have checked out by now. But she That's probably gets brilliant. daily calls from Rachel saying, do you still like me? Do you still like me, Sarah? Do you? I'll find a little list. 
Brilliant. So I think that that's and anyone else that we know, we think you're awesome. God bless that America. That is it. That is it for those two years. We brought nothing to celebrate. I think I feel we should go and get like a donut and a and a glass of. Let's do that for next one. Let's do that for next one. Bless you, friends. Have an amazing week. We'll see you on podcast one hundred. Bye.